Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Out for Blood. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Anne Rice on this podcast before. Episode 183 called The Five Lives of Anne Rice, to be exact, that was released just after Anne Rice passed away. But I discovered a lot more about the famed New Orleans native and iconic writer than I ever thought I would. More specifically, her bizarre and intense rivalry in life, and perhaps also in death, with another New Orleans legend, Al Copeland. If the name Copeland doesn't ring a bell, you'll know his claim to fame. Copeland founded the $1.8 billion fast food chain Popeyes. Today on Ghost Town, we're making a meal, sorry, out of an epic New Orleans feud. Anne Rice versus Popeyes. Before we begin, this episode's subject matter was put on my radar and beautifully told by Jeffrey Holmes of Strange True Tours when I took his unofficial Anne Rice tour in New Orleans Garden District. If you're in the area, I highly recommend Jeff's tour. It will educate you on all things Anne Rice and give you so much more context on her work and philosophical outlook. You can book a tour with Strange True Tours at strangetruetours.com. Again, highly recommend. Okay, speaking of context, if you didn't listen to our last episode in Anne Rice, again, episode 183, The Five Lives of Anne Rice, I'm going to give you a little crash course on her. Anne Rice was born Howard Allen Francis O'Brien on October 4th, 1941. Yes, her legal name was actually Howard Allen Francis, named by her working-class Catholic parents to give Anne a bit of a leg up in a male-dominated turn-of-the-century America, not unlike Taylor Swift's parents naming her Taylor. I just found that out in a different podcast. However, on Anne's first day of school, a nun asked her what her name was. She replied with the prettiest name that she knew, which was Anne, and eventually had it legally changed. Anne grew up in the Garden District of New Orleans, managing an alcoholic mother and a father who was primarily away on military duty. Anne lived close to the church, and that was a huge influence on her family, the church being representative of structure, rule-following, spiritualism, and support. When Anne was 15, her mother died as a result of her alcoholism, and Anne was put into St. Joseph Academy, a kind of punishing prep school. Rice describes St. Joseph's as a, quote, dilapidated, awful, and medieval type of place. I really hated it and wanted to leave. I felt betrayed by my father. In November 1957, Anne's father remarried and moved the whole family to Texas. There, Anne didn't quite like Texas either, but she did meet her future husband, Stan Rice, in her high school journalism class. 
Anne graduated in 1959 and did a brief stint in college, but eventually moved to Berkeley with Stan, also a writer. Anne's literary influences included whom you might expect, Charles Dickens, Shakespeare, the Bronte sisters, Virginia Woolf, and Stephen King, of course. But Berkeley was another place that didn't feel like home. She was a square peg in a round mothership of hippie cities. To make matters devastatingly worse, during this time the Rices had a young daughter named Michelle, who passed away from leukemia. Anne was heartbroken, her own drinking amplified. Grappling with grief, Rice took one of her old short stories and turned it into her first novel, which was initially rejected by publishers. Still, the timeless, sexy, sensitive portrayal of New Orleans vampires could not be denied, and Interview with the Vampire was published by Knopf on a $12,000 advance. It was, of course, a massive hit. In 1978, the Rices had another child, a son named Christopher. Eventually, the Rices returned both to New Orleans and Catholicism, amassing a huge collection of antique dolls and writing, writing, writing. Though her relationship with religion ebbed and flowed, her love of New Orleans never wavered. On December 11, 2021, two months after her 80th birthday, Rice suffered a stroke and passed away. The New Orleans literary world would never be the same. But now let's shift gears and have another crash course. Again, very quick, just a little bit about Al Copeland, who also came from humble New Orleans roots. Born on February 2, 1944, Copeland lived in the St. Thomas Housing Projects and left high school at 16. He jumped from job to job until he landed at the Tasty Donut, a chain partially owned by his older brother Gil. At 18, Copeland sold his car to purchase another Tasty Donut location from his brother, getting him versed in the world of fast food. In 1972, at just 28 years old, Al Copeland founded the Popeye's Chicken and Biscuits fast food chain in the New Orleans suburb St. Bernard Parish. It was immediately a hit, and Copeland began franchising his tasty, Louisiana-style chicken restaurant in 1976. Approximately 500 outlets were added over the next 10 years, hundreds more in the years to come. In a historic move in fast food history, in March 1989, Popeye's, then the third largest chicken chain, purchased Church's Chicken, the second largest, all under Copeland's company. And soon the government realized that the church's purchase was heavily financed with liquid Popeye's assets. And I'm not talking fountain soda. In 1991, Al Copeland Enterprises was more than $400 million in debt, and Copeland filed bankruptcy. Although Copeland lost Popeye's in the bankruptcy, he retained the rights to some Popeye's recipes and products, and continued in the spirit of entrepreneurship, opening other restaurants all around New Orleans. Meanwhile, Copeland became a bit of a New Orleans icon due to his outrageous, larger-than-life persona, his nine children by four ex-wives, his powerboat racing teams, and his yearly Christmas light show, and of course, his giant New Orleans mansion. He was a contentious figure, not just with Rice, which I'll get into, but with the community. He once got into a horrible fight based in a bidding war for a Louisiana gambling license, and Copeland's third divorce's presiding judge, Ronald Bodenheimer, pleaded guilty to promising a custody deal favorable to Copeland in return for a possible seafood contract and other benefits. Yes, I love it. Two Copeland associates, as well as Bodenheimer, went to jail for participating in conspiracy, but Copeland was still a free man with enough money health, and resources to do whatever he pleased. That is, until December 2007, 
when he began treatment for complications caused by Merkel cell carcinoma, a rare form of cancer. Copeland had sought experimental treatments in Germany, but died in Munich on Easter Sunday, March 23, 2008, at the age of 64. Copeland's death, said New Orleans newspaper columnist Chris Rose, who was often critical of Copeland, said, quote, I'm a big fan of over the top, a big fan of celebration, a big fan of lust for life, a big fan of big fun. Copeland epitomized these things. He was one more guy who put his life on display for all to see, another example of talking too much, living too large, and laughing too loud. Those New Orleans attributes that sometimes make folks elsewhere a little leery of this place. It would be an understatement to say that Anne Rice and Al Copeland were different people, but they did have some similar features. They were both incredibly themselves, entrenched in their own personal life and how they see their worlds. They were highly successful and fiercely loyal to their city, the city of New Orleans. This love of city, as Chris Rose referenced, coupled with their stubborn, individualistic natures, would get them into big trouble with one another. More after the break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey friends, welcome to season five of The Activity Continues, a paranormal podcast. I'm Amy, the producer and host of this show, along with Megan and the other Amy. We are three soul friends who love to talk about the Dead Files TV show, along with other spooky and spooky adjacent things. Hi, everyone. I'm Megan, our resident scaredy cat. (laughs) I love this stuff, but it absolutely terrifies me. (laughs) It doesn't terrify me. Me neither. Most of the time. Hey, everyone. I'm the other Amy, sometimes referred to as Amy, Amy P., or AP, and I'm the voice of reason in the chaos, trying to keep these two spooky, goofy, lovely ladies in line. <laughs> We're creating a community of like-minded friends who love to discuss all things paranormal. Come join us, where the, the activity, activity continues. Hi, <laughs> uh, hello, how are you? Hello. How's it how going are you doing? Is, doing? is it and you doing okay? Oh. Yeah. One and not the other, both? Both, all the above. I don't know. You tell us. You tell us, yeah. and we won't hear it, but we'll feel right. it. Yeah. We want to say hello to anyone who's listening, supporting us, spreading the good word of Ghost Town. We thank you. We couldn't do it without you. You could do everything without us very easily. <laughs> Just a little inspiration for your day. We cease to exist without you, but you without us are the same, if not better. You know what makes everything better? A little ghost town government. Ooh, yeah. Rules and regs, baby. Rules That's and regs. That's right. We need them. Who's going to enforce them? These guys. 
Well, in the spirit of fast food, we're throwing some other hats in the ring. Some <laughs> fast food moguls um, coming in hot, coming in red hot, coming in Wendy style. <laughs> we're talking salad bar. We're talking frosty machine. We're talking putting French fries in the frosty. Mm, wild, wild stuff. That's the brand new CFO, CEO, CTO, <laughs> FYI. That's Emma Hopkins. Hello. Coming in nice and cool, baby. You love soup. You love plantations. <laughs> you don't love that they're out of business. But you're going to love who's bringing it back. Eight zillion soups. One or two kinds of pizza. Some muffin. <laughs> Gluten-free. One gluten-free muffin option. I know. And then and then some random breads, which is pretty much just the pizzas. And also, are they bread or flatbreads or ciabattis? Like, it's a real free-for-all over there. Thank you. Well, we'll have to ask the one that's bringing it back, Casey Weber. Hello. Coming in spicy. Coming in nice and spicy. How many spices? I forget how many spices are in the secret recipe to KFC. Mm. I don't know how many there. It's probably mostly just salt. (laughs) (laughs) The secret is salt. You heard it here first. Why don't they keep the popcorn chicken full time? I don't know if it is or not, but that was my favorite part. And hopefully, hopefully this brand new CEO will bring it back. That's Matthew Clemens of the Ray. Hello. Coming in royalty style. Mm. We're talking the king of burgers, the burger king, Mm. the classic number two or three. Or eight or five. We don't really know. But one of my favorite things when I used to work at Burger King was the Burger Buddies. There were two little mini burgers that were connected. Oh, I love Burger Buddies. It's like a real like slider situation you're describing also White castle the closest thing to a friend <laughs> they were my buddies Eat your friends I guess. well i know who's gonna bring that back that's gonna be marissa rothermel hello uh-oh coming in slick and definitely overpriced but nobody seems to care <laughs> because the marketing is so slick and the food's pretty decent um they say it's a shack why is everything so expensive in a shack? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my, I want to ask the CEO of Shake Shack, Kelly Meehan. Hello. Why are there two in the JFK airport next to each other? Answer me, Kelly. You love chicken. You love anything that's orange. I know I do. Hey, um, let me take the low-quality chicken. Yeah, what do you want to throw on that? Um, Make it 90% breaded. They're like, okay, you're done? It's like, no. Throw orange-flavored sugar on it. Mm. You get some orange chicken, which is addictive, that comes <laughs> from Panda Express. I don't know what's in it, but I want it. I bought the, I purchased the sauce separately and put it on random things because I'm sick in the head. It's disgusting. It's terrible for you. <laughs> it doesn't oh add anything. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's so bad. Panda Express orange <laughs> sauce. You can just buy it and then put it on stuff. <laughs> Like, like like a crazy person. Well, anyway, you want to thank one person for that, all of that. 
is Kat Drizel. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. People will line up around the block and back again. Mm. Everyone thinks it's so great and it is oh, it's pretty good for its price point. <laughs> is it worth losing your ever loving mind over? I don't believe so, but it is definitely okay. It is good. Okay, it is good. And you know what? The last CEO is like, I don't want to be ousted, but I'll tell you something. Ashley Matson said, no, I'm the new CEO because this is a very successful company and I love the money and success. So it works. In and out CEO. <laughs> hello. Ashley Matson. Hello, hello. And then our governor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One low quality food fist of iron mm. to govern them all. Whoa. It's the CEO of friggin' McDonald's. <laughs> Mickey D's. <laughs> is anyone hungry yet? This or is, is anyone just sick? This is insanity. This is, everyone's this is like, insanity. please make it stop. If they haven't fast no. forwarded, they're like, dear God, stop. Well, we want to thank the CEO of McDonald's who's just crushing small businesses left and right. Left and <laughs> Part right. of the world's problem. For fucking profit. Our governor, Avian Noble. Noble. If you want no ads, no chit-chat, bonus episodes, just the good stuff, seven days for free, head on over to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Now you want to get back into Popeyes versus the vampires? <laughs> That's it. Let's go. In 1997, the cordial relationship between Anne Rice and Al Copeland, both a part of the city's upper crust, erupted. The cause? A restaurant's decor. Copeland had opened a new restaurant, Strea, a, quote, California Creole Cafe on 2001 St. Charles Avenue in a former Mercedes-Benz dealership. Now, on the Anne Rice tour, Jeffrey Holmes said that Anne Rice didn't like the architecture, especially a kind of modern glass balcony. But when I did some research... That is probably the understatement of the century. It is not just a glass balcony. It is like a 90s mall had erupted, had vomited on the front of this like beautiful old building. It is wild. Like think uh, again, like as 90s earth girls are easy as you could possibly think. Again, like splatter paint, like those squiggly lines all in the front of this like finer dining restaurant that was once a Mercedes-Benz dealership? Anyway, the location of 2001 St. Charles Avenue was also personally significant to Rice, as it was where, at the end of her novel, Memnock the Devil, her enduring vampire character Lestat, yes, the one from Interview with the Vampire, sees his reflection and at one point, after hundreds of years, disappears, ceasing to exist. Anyhow, Copeland's restaurant took over that spot and transform the somewhat classically built structure into, again, a mall madness-style food court. Think Save by the Bell logo. I can't imagine it's even remotely close to the same vibe as, say, a vampire's last point of existence. Copeland himself called it magnificent. Rice? Not so much. In classic passive-aggressive Catholic form, she took out a full-page ad in the Times-Picayune about Strea's horrible architecture. Here's a fun little excerpt. Quote, Strea's, however, is nothing short of an abomination, and Mr. Copeland should be ashamed. As a resident of New Orleans, I am distressed. 
I am sure that I do not speak for myself alone in saying that in spite of this most recent insult to all of our preservation goals, New Orleans remains our pride and joy. The humblest flop house on the strip of St. Charles Avenue has more dignity than Mr. Copeland's structure. What makes this really tragic is the fact that the structure of the restaurant itself is potentially beautiful. Remodeling promised a real asset to the avenue. Instead, we have an eyesore. New Orleanians, I urge you to exercise your constitutional right as Americans and let Mr. Copeland know your feelings, in writing or by phone calls. Maybe then Mr. Copeland will realize the gravity of his mistake and do something to show respect for his fellow citizens and his city. And once again, a warm welcome to all of our Mardi Gras visitors from all over the world. Anne Rice, it was signed, Anne Rice, author of Interview with the Vampire. As a note, reports say that Rice also planned to open her own restaurant, Café Lestat, in a magazine street building she owned, but that never materialized. But this might have added a bit more vitriol to her feud against the fine dining tycoon. At that point, according to the Anne Rice tour, Copeland had gone to Rice to talk it over. After this, again, this giant page ad, just Rice displaying her thoughts, a call to action to the community, But apparently, when Copeland went over there, she did not answer the door. Not to be outdone, however, Copeland responded with two full-page ads in the Time-Picayune, saying he was, quote, so shocked that I went to your home to talk it over. Quote, in fact, I think Strea has the same warm peach color that you have in your own St. Charles Avenue house down the street, he wrote. He ended his response saying he was, quote, putting a little extra garlic in the food at Strea, keeping a crucifix under my pillow, and carrying a wooden stake for good luck. He also pitched the idea of launching a month-long Feinlistat promotion and dressing his staff like vampires. Though his obituary says Copeland's playful ribbing was all good-natured, the restaurateur eventually sued Anne Rice for libel, claiming Rice had defamed him and that she had violated fair trade laws because, quote, her comments were made in the context of her being a business competitor. The suit was eventually thrown out and Copeland, accepting defeat, invited Rice to a nice civilized dinner. Rice declined, according to, again, Copeland's 2008 obituary in the Times-Picayune. The two never made amends before Copeland died in 2008. And in a bit of twisted New Orleans irony, Al Copeland and Anne Rice's graves are just feet from each other at the Metairie Cemetery in New Orleans. Wild, right? It was as if it was destiny for Anne Rice, this prolific author, this business person, and Al Copeland, this genius entrepreneur, to be contentious New Orleans larger-than-life neighbors, both in life and in death. If you want to learn more, reach out to Jeffrey Holmes. He's an incredible historian that we will no doubt be talking to again. He hosts New Orleans tour Ghost Legends, Lore, a Lee Harvey Oswald tour, a Garden District tour, the Big Sleazy tour. He is so knowledgeable, and the subject matter is obviously something that's very close to my heart. If you're in New Orleans, I would highly encourage you to book a tour. Thanks again, and we'll talk a little bit more about food on Friday. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.